And welcome to episode 196 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim, and this is another X-Men catch-up episode. And it might be the penultimate. I think that we may be done pretty much in one more episode, one more bigger episode. Tonight we're going to talk about two books. The next one we will talk about four Get ourselves all caught up with the current books, be done with all that nonsense, and also then freeing up some space for these other podcasts, besides the main Tuesday night podcast, to talk about the other books, talk about things that come out each week to what I want to progress this into being is that each week, in little increments, little little bite-sized little bits as they say of getting almost if not all of the books that come out each week you know so we can talk about every single thing that is the goal it may not be a hundred percent reached but it's nice to have goals right it is but let me tell you where you can find us before we jump into the two books tonight you can go over to twitter and we are at ws marvel comics the ws stands for weird science and the marvel comics stands for marvel comics and if you do follow us there we'll follow you back you can go to our website weird science marvel comics.com where we review the books previews news items all that sort of thing you can go over to our youtube channel weird science comics where i do both dc and marvel video reviews you could then also go to our Patreon after talking about all that. If you would like to give us a little encouragement, support us, go over to Patreon and get a ton of exclusive shows. You can do that at patreon.com slash weird science. One of the things we do each and every week is have a Patreon only spotlight show quite like this. But the books are picked by the uh, bad butts of the Get Fresh crew. Beep boop. And they ended up this week picking some big books. We ended up doing Immortal Hulk number 35 and Empire number one. So if you want to listen to the reviews for both of those books, you would have to go over to the Patreon, sign up, patreon.com slash weird science. If you sign up now, you do not get charged till the first of the next month. If you decide that it's not for you before then, you just quit before the first of the following month and you'll never be charged and you could do, you know, 13 days now, 14 days, whatever it would be from now. I'm not good with the maths or the calendars, but you could use that as a free trial to see if we have some shows that you like. And if you don't like it, no fuss, no muss, you quit. That's all you have to do. You just have to be a quitter. That's what you have to do at the end of that. But I'm going to be talking, like I said, two books tonight. 
actually going to be talking Hellions number one and X-Men number nine. All right. And Hellions number one is written by Zeb Wells with art by Steven Segovia, colors by David Air Coriel. <laughs> where's Dan Fouts? Where, 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 where's, where's, uh, I'm trying to, th- where's Wes Chandler? Is that anybody know what I'm talking about? Because I barely do. And you end up letters VCs Corey Pettit. Welcome home. The island nation of Krakoa offers a home. I don't have a home. They do. It's called Krakoa. Pay attention, people. And a fresh start. Fresh start for all mutants. Easier said than done. And what you're going to get here is you're going to get a bunch of characters who aren't quite fitting in in what is supposed to be paradise. You have Krakoa, Paradise. It's like Fantasy Island without Rourke, Tattoo, tons of mutants. So really nothing like Fantasy Island. But we're going to continue this thing. And it's funny because Psylocke is in this book by the end. And she was one of the characters in the Fallen Angels miniseries. Not the greatest, but we ended up having it very stressed with her, Kid Cable, and X-23, Laura. The idea that Paradise to them is not just sitting around drinking Mai Tais at the Burning Man. That That is not what they want. That's not what, how they're built. That's not how they roll. So you end up where there are, there are mutants in this whole scheme of things, in this crazy little thing we call Krakoa, where their idea of Paradise is nothing that you can get on Krakoa. So they end up needing to... Kind of be let loose a little. Let's, you know, have some fun. Let's let our hair down going, you know, kind of slash people and things like that. But the problem is you can't kill humans. And that's what leads Havoc into trouble right away. You get a cold open where there is a, you know, a bit of X-Men stuff going on where they're in San Francisco trying to investigate slash bring down the Hellfire cult. Not to be confused with the Hellfire Trading Company, but the Hellfire Cult, which are pretty much just pieces of crap that are against the mutants and have a ton of weaponry. Weaponry where you end up having both Nightcrawler and Havoc. Like, yeah, I I don't think that they ended up stealing this. I think some bigot has given it to them. We're going to take this down. We're going to take down the Hellfire Cult. And you end up having Havoc lose his mind a little. He ends up getting hit. Him and Night crawler get hit by pretty much a rocket launcher and havoc loses his mind and and pretty much maims a bunch of humans almost kills him if wolverine didn't stop him he would have then he kind of snaps out of it and what did i do what happened did i do that is what he said and so he ends up in trouble he is ending up in the circle uh where the quiet council is trying to decide do you get really punished? Do you get thrown in to the pit of exile? Well, in the meantime, there's a bunch of other characters there that have caused problems as well. And this is what's going to make up this whole Hellions team, a team led by Mr. Sinister. It was pretty much, you know, hey, let's let these characters do what they got to do in a way that we can kind of, you know, point them in a direction and use them as weapons. But in the meantime, they get to kind of blow off some steam and do what they like to do. And it, it actually reminds me a bit of the concept of the indestructible Hulk back in the day where the Hulk agreed, hey, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D., you just point me in the direction. I'll be your big bomb as long as you let me do some 
stuff on the side, some experience. So I, I kind of got that feeling of it. Now, while you have the Quiet Council going through, you end up having Havoc, which we already saw. We also have Wild Child, Orphan Maker, eventually Nanny, Empath, and Scalp Hunter. And then to finish off the team by the end, you'll get Psylocke. But this is one of the most straightforward issues, in my mind, of a team-building deal. Because what you end up doing is seeing all the characters that are in trouble... And then we're just going to go through flashbacks of what they did to get in trouble. And it's 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 okay. I, I'm not exactly, you know, 100% gaga on this issue, but I, I am intrigued. The team is pretty interesting. Zeb Wells throws a little bit of humor in as well. And you have like a weird sort of synergy going throughout this and almost like, you know, the, the snake eating its own tail with at points because Empath, when we see what he did, he's just using his psychic abilities to control a bunch of people and ends up at, at first pretty much making the original Hellions fight each other there on Krakoa. You got Jetstream, Tarot, Car- uh, Cat's Eye, and Roulette. They're all going at each other. And he's like, look, <laughs> it's a cat fight. And he's just awful. Ends up making Jetstream then attack club and armor and this is what led him to be in trouble and there is a little you know written page then that does kind of throw all this together and and it's not just it's about empath but it's about all these characters in general really the idea of if a mutant is you know pretty much antisocial if it's if he's a sociopath he's still accepted on Krakoa, him or her, whatever, they're still accepted on Krakoa. So where is the line drawn of what they should do? Are they supposed to be medicated? Are they supposed to be rehabilitated? Because you're going to Krakoa, this mutant paradise, to be yourself, to be a mutant, to be accepted, to be with everything else. So where is that line drawn? And so it seems like the line's drawn of, We'll make this Hellions team and, and see what they can do. You end up going off then and seeing Widowmaker, who just wants Nanny. He's just yelling, I want my Nanny. He's beating the crap out of Angel Beast. Everybody's freaking out. And he's just going to town. And it's kind of a shame that he's in trouble just because he did attack other mutants. But he, he just wants his Nanny. And they don't want to give the Nanny. Nanny's crazy. If you don't, If you don't know Nanny. You have to just look up X-Men Nanny. Pretty crazy. It comes in. You end up where they're like, fine, get Nanny. Let her come in. Nanny comes in. Peter, Peter, which is Widowmaker. You know, what's going on? Oh, those goobers. They said that I wasn't allowed to see you. Oh, come here, my Peter. Oh, my baby. Here, drink out of the Nanny. I'm like, and you end up having Beast and Angel like, what's going on? So you, you end up having that. Then you end up going off with Wild Child, which does kind of go with the idea of what they're trying to figure out with empath, they're already kind of doing with Wild Child, where they are medicating them. You end up having Sage go and like, hey, okay, let's go armor. Let's go see what's going on. Let's go see what's, you know, happening with Wild Child. We're giving him this medication. He's kind of calmed down, all these things. He hasn't been taking the medication, the attacks. It's very quick. There's not a ton to that. Then you go to John Gray Crow, uh, Scalp Hunter. And he ends up where he's just on the beach. He seems, and the weird thing about this is he seems to be minding his own business. He's there. He's cleaning his guns, 
and a bunch of Morlocks show up. Hey, hey there, Scalp Hunter. What's going on? What do you you know what day it is? Uh, day I clean my guns just like every day. No, it's the anniversary of the mutant massacre. We didn't forget. Let's get him, boys. And they start attacking him. And then you just go back to the quiet councils like you attacked the defenseless group of Morlocks, victimizing them yet again. Haven't you caused them enough pain? Because this is his thing. And he goes, guess not. Looking a lot like Roman Reigns. Uh, but it, he, he didn't attack him. And I guess it's just one of those things where he doesn't care. He just wants to be on the team. It doesn't seem like we're looking at first. You know, of something that happened and it didn't really happen that way. It looks like it happened that way, but you end up with old scalp hunters like, eh, screw it. I don't, I don't need to be around. I like to be on this. Maybe he just, he just doesn't care. But then after all that's going on, they still haven't talked to or about habit. And they're like, hey, uh, and they even say, all right, well, we'll make our decision, whatnot. Mr. Sinner says, whoa, 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 there's a little guy in the back. What you doing there? What you doing there, shy guy? Come on out. And it is Havoc is like, hey, of course, Scott freaks out. Scott freaks out and says, why is my brother in the circle of judgment? Nobody told me this. And you end up having Havoc's like, it's okay. It's okay. And you do have a point where I really, really got uncomfortable a bit by Jean, the way she is kind of talking down to Scott. And kind of like, you know, he said he put three humans in the hospital. Well, she didn't tell him about it either. So it, it seems like, a, you know, I don't know. Gene doesn't seem right here with Scott. Um, but they do say to Cyclops, basically, you know, he, he was going to kill humans. If, if Logan and the, the big thing is Nightcrawler explaining is like Logan had to jump in. To save the humans Logan did Like uh, Logan's the one Who had to actually Act With with a level head Here to stop your brother And there It just shows Scott shows Right here And I would expect That this will Come to be And come You know To mean something Later uh, A little bit more And a little bigger With the idea That Magneto says If Your brother If Havoc Would have killed Those humans There would be no discussion. He would be exiled into the pit immediately. And we had no choice. And Scott says with the gleam going in his eyes. uh, Yeah, in that case, I would have no choice either. And and it's one of those where Scott, you know, good guy, all of that basically saying, I don't care what my family does. You will not touch them. You will not do anything to them or I will come at you and I don't care what they did. And it's it's pretty big it, it, to me. And, and Scott, pretty bad. But here uh, you do end up have Mr. Sinister stops all of this. And he, he actually is pretty funny here because he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, everybody unclench fists, please. Let's let's calm down. I know that everybody here looks to me to lead you yeah i'm the greatest one here i know that all of you look to me for things like leadership and things and it's kind of funny but he ends up saying like i said earlier there are going to be these mutants that come to krakoa that don't quite fit he says they don't quite fit their square pegs straining heroically against round holes they're trying to they're not going to be able to to fit in 
Square Peg's a, a pretty good show back in the 80s, by the way. But you end up where I, you know, what should we do? Medication? Incarceration? I mean, these are human things. These are sweaty, smelly human things. We don't want that. Well, let's do things the mutant way. And the mutant way would be to just let me have them as a team. And then I'll find some stuff for them to do. I mean, they'll be able to, you know, blow off some steam. And if you need something done, you come to me, my hellions. They might help you out as well. I think that I can do some things for this. That would be pretty good. Uh, Yeah, with the whole idea with him saying, you know, I'm kind of a nutty guy myself. And I know how all these characters are. And it's funny, too, as he's saying it, (laughs) he gets a dig in on Havoc. And slash Scott pretty much in my mind where he's like, you know, the all these, you know, guys, gals, all of them have had awful an awful time of it, except Havoc. I mean, it's all this is his own fault. But, you know, they're they're not to blame except Havoc. He's kind of nonsense, but everybody else there and he keeps going with it and they start to agree. You know, they all they start, you know. Xavier's like, well, you know, we this kind of seems like okay, you know, and Magneto's like, I think he has a point. We have all that. Scott freaks out. He doesn't want any parts of it. He does not trust Mr. Sinister. And I think that it's one of those. This in this point is almost the mutant suicide squad. It, you know, it's the Thunderbolts. It, it pretty much is that. And so Scott pretty much is freaking out like i i don't want my brother with these people they he doesn't belong with them this is nonsense especially under the leadership of mr sinister this is ridiculous i don't like it and then there's again with gene kind of you know acting real snooty to scott like your objections are heard scott i promise you but the quiet council will decide how to proceed i'm like who i guess you're gonna be sleeping with the wolverines tonight on the moon baby because I'm locking my door. But yeah, you end up late us now. We're going to ponder Sinister's whole proposal. Well, while that's going on, you have Scott go off to Psylocke, you know, Quan and, and saying, hey, uh, you know, you like to slash things, right? You, you like to fight. How about you join this Hellions team as well uh, and keep an eye on them and make sure my brother doesn't get hurt. Make sure that any nonsense you deal with and let me know about it. She's like, all right. And he kind of goes with the idea. It's funny, too, because it's like one of those where I'd say, like, hey, Psylocke, uh, promise me that you won't kill anybody. I'm not making that promise. All right. uh, Promise me that you'll report back to me. Eh, I can't make that promise. All right. We're good. He's just going to go with it. She just says, you know, yeah, I can be trusted as, as long as, you know, you think I can be trusted. And yeah, I'll look into things. But. We'll see how it goes. And, and so they end up going, and that is going to be the team then. Psylocke is the last piece. Being, uh, you know, the field leader for Sinister, we've had that set up. This is the thing. When we ended up having the Fallen Angels book, it was not great. I, I will tell the, you that till the end of time. But Brian Hill did tell me that basically the book was going to set up Psylocke. And now that I see this, I see, okay, it wasn't just setting up Psylocke back in her body, all that Betsy stuff gone. It was also getting that relationship that she did develop with Mr. Sinister in that Fallen Angels as well. So it makes sense that Psylocke would go to Mr. Sinister. He's good with this. Well, they're going to end up setting up this team right away to go off in their first mission 
is to go to Nebraska to go to the orphanage that Mr. Sinister had made, which basically, you know, he's making he's making people. He, he even says the whole idea of this. It's kind of an affront to God, I've been told. I mean, people are real upset. He's been making clones and a, a whole army. And the whole thing is that's the original Marauders team. He even says, yeah, Kate Pride, she stole the name. I guess we're not supposed to call them Marauders anymore. But they're going to go off. And you have this back and forth. Again, it's very, very Suicide Squad-esque if you're reading DC. Where Wild Child, he doesn't want to accept Psylocke as the leader because he's an alpha. And he's, you know, well, and you end up having Scalp Hunter even say, well, he's kind of mad because he's not going to accept anybody to lead unless they're stronger and can put him down. So it looks like, oh, anytime I will do that. Then you just end up having a, a fight break out. I mean, you end up having Scalp Hunter and Wild Childs just start fighting. And they have, you end up Psylocke, well, let them go. They, they have healing factors. So they're fighting. Everybody's leaving. But they are heading off to Nebraska to the home for foundlings where, like I said, you had Mr. Sinister and his clones. He wants this whole place burned to the ground. He says, once the five came about for resurrection yeah i've been told that that's kind of a redundant thing cloning now so yeah and also it's kind of an affront to god they're saying you know all this nonsense so you go and get it and what you end up having and seeing at the end is pretty much the marauders arc light harpoon blockbuster riptide scrambler and prism hanging upside on bleeding but unconscious with madeline Pryor, goblin queen they're saying all right Rest up for the horrors to come. And that's how it ends. Pretty good. It, it really is. And it, it, it gives you the characters. You kind of get them in their own little way. I was more excited than by the end when they're kind of together. They're not getting along. They're going off and then seeing the Goblin Queen as the one that they're going to have to face with the original Marauders or Sinister's Marauders there. Pretty cool. So overall, I think the art's good. And I would give it an 8.5, a pretty good start. I want to see where we go from here with that but now we'll go off to the x-men number nine. Oh, right and that's written by jonathan hickman art by lineal francis u colors by sunny go and letters by vcs clayton cowles the king egg the new mutants brought a king egg home from space unfortunately the king egg brings with it trillions of hungry brood nobody wants that now the x-men have taken the king egg off earth but the brood aren't the only ones after it. A Cree accuser took the star jammers hostage, holding them in exchange for information and unwittingly exposing his presence in Shire space. Now gladiator, kid gladiator and the Imperial guard are after him. And everyone's about to run into one another. Let's see how this goes. And this does kind of end the King egg story setting up for bigger things down the line. And I didn't really enjoy it. I liked the beginning. I thought that it ended. It started really good. It started intriguing. What you basically get is seeing how the Cree were the ones who developed the king egg to turn the brood, which were a matriarchal society, into a patriarchal one, or at least entering that in with this edition of the king egg they did this a long a long time ago uh, with the supreme intelligence agreeing to it all these things going on after the kree empire did discover the brood 
So they want to do this. This is going to change things down the line. Now we see that the changing down the line is pretty much now. But that beginning, pretty cool. Well, then when we go to the present, where you do end up having our team of X-Men heading off, and we did see this where they left the Earth with the egg, when you ended up having Brew say to them, we got to get it off. They're trying to get the egg. Let's get it off of Krakow. Let's get it off the planet. Let's head off to Shire Space. And so as they are going, they are being chased by the brood on those giant eyeless whale in space things. Uh, while that's going on, you have that accuser still trying to force Sunspot to give information about where the egg is. And if he doesn't give him the information, the star jammers are in big trouble. All this, like that little intro says, everything's converging on each other because in the meantime, the accuser sending out this message ends up making it so that Smasher is aware of having an accuser in Shire Space ends up getting a hold of Gladiator. Gladiator's there with Kid Gladiator on a hunting trip, and now they go after. And it is one of those, you know, it's a a wild, wild world deal, mad, mad, mad world where they're all going to converge on each other. And when they eventually do, it's not as great as how it started. You end up getting a little bit more of the psychology of the brood uh, with that, you end up having a big fight, you know, between everybody. Everybody's fighting as the brood are trying to get this king egg. All these things going on. I usually like Laniel Francis use art. I got a bit confused at points in this. I have to admit, in some of the action scenes, I did end up getting confused. And really, overall, though, it didn't really matter because pretty much the whole middle section of this, I'm telling you, besides the last page and then the intro pages up till the credits page, you don't really, the middle is just let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. You end up having it being personal when you see and you end up having Vulcan and Scott and Havoc, they realize, you know, Corsair, their dad is on one of the ships coming down. All these things are going on. Uh, throughout all this and it does end up with everybody pretty much fighting off the brood the brood are all attacking they're going after the seg all these things are happening until they they just shut down they stop fighting and it's i'm telling you right at the point where it looked like scott was about to get eaten and so they stop everybody's like well what's going on they, they do you know oh well maybe they just shut down whatever and you have no 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 they're they're a hive mind they don't just shut something made them stop and then scott's still pretty much like yeah i'll take a win any way i can well that's where you end up having corsairs like okay something happened this shouldn't be going on like this if they stopped something happened to the egg because that's what they were going for where is the egg and then you just go with this last page where you end up seeing Brew, oh, sorry, I ate it. And now he's the king of the brood. He's King Brood. And that's kind of how it ends. That's, that's just it, where he ends up and he's there and he's dipping in. And, and I'd like to think of it as a Cadbury egg. You know, it's a lot of candy and stuff and that. But like a real egg with that yolk and ugh, disgusting, disgusting. My mom used to make me eat 
soft boiled eggs and you'd have to like crack them open and it's all all disgusting in there it makes me get just heebie-jeebies now i used to eat them though then yeah i just wanted my mom's approval but she still didn't give it to me even though i ate that disgusting soft boiled eggs we even have little little things that you put the eggs in like a bunch of different ones she'd have these little holders the one that i like was a turtle Uh, and you put the egg in the turtle yeah it's pretty cool but yeah, so at the end, you just end up having the whole thing seemingly solved by Brew becoming the king. He's now the king of the brood. So we'll have to see what this sets up down the line. It, it's a pretty, it, it's kind of a funny ending, but it does feel like it would be big, you know, down the line. So we'll have to see how that goes. Again, it's very quick, very quick review and an issue that it, it was okay. I didn't love it. I really didn't. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 overall because some big things happened. There was a funny bit where you get the accuser where he's like, hey, uh, Sunspot, where's that egg? Oh, you know what? I forgot all about that. Am I? I forgot I was supposed to do this. You know, we were watching Shire Jeopardy, and I, I don't know anything about them, so I didn't know the answers, and I got frustrated. And then he's just joking. And then one of the other things is, is where you do end up having Gladiator Jr. go to his dad. And I realized, too, if you ended up having a a movie where you want to really have, I think that The Rock would be pretty good for Gladiator. But he ends up where Gladiator Jr., hey, hey, Dad, remember when you told me that we were going to have, you know, Dad, Son, Day, and you weren't going to deal with this Imperial BS? Well... I'll forgive that if you kick the butt of that accuser, because that's where the accuser's there, and he's he's just being a jerk. He's like, I'm going to judge you, and this is going to be this. Like, no, no, we don't want you here. And yeah, you end up having Gladiator pretty much. It looks like one punching him out of the ship to then get swallowed by one of those space whales. He's like Jonah. But yeah, you have all that going on, and again, King Brood. So by the end, 7 out of 10, thought the art was a little confusing at points and i don't know i i just didn't like the style in this that much from lineal francis you but overall whatever and i'd like to hear if you guys agree disagree whatnot get angry at me yell scream curse i don't know i don't know what people do in their own spare time behind closed doors do i or do i that's why i follow back on the twitter because i want to find out in a creepy way But thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for listening to this quick catch-up episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be getting this whole X-Men stuff caught up, like I said, probably by the end of either next episode, which I hope to do in a couple days. And if not, if I have, you know, a little bit extra there, I might throw it in on as part of the Tuesday show with Brandon, where we're also going to have a pick of a lot of books. A lot of books came out this week. And I think what we'll get on Tuesday is a longer show with me doing some of the books that I have been reading, say, like Amazing Spider-Man, stuff like that. And then me and Brandon will talk about stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy and things. So just stay tuned. We'll get a bunch of those books there. Like I said, once I get done the X-Men stuff, I will probably use these extra podcasts to just talk about the books that Brandon doesn't read so that we can pretty much get to the point where we talk about almost all the books that come out. It's not going to be every one Marvel puts out. I think that last you know deal, usually on average, of about 10,300 books a week. Uh, I can't keep up with that. But as we get back to that regular schedule, 
things like that. I did talk to Double Aaron, if you've been listening to the podcast long enough. Uh, Double Aaron asked if he would want me to have him join me for the Ten of Swords whole event when that happens. And I said, yeah, because my plan is right here. And hopefully he's not listening. My plan is to do the Ten of Swords books with him at first and then bail on him and make him record it. That's my plan. And (laughs) I'm sticking with it. We'll see. But now me and Double Aaron will talk about those. He's actually going to catch up on some of the X-Men books as well to get to that and so that's that hey everybody i hope that you like this uh and i will talk to you all soon